If you were that person, how would you want someone to treat you? It changes the entire question now. It's not, should I help them or not? It's, if I was in their situation, how would I want to be treated? And ask yourself, if you were in a situation where you felt that you needed to hold a sign and ask people for charity, what would you want someone to do for you? Have you ever asked that question to yourself? I think by and large, what you wouldn't want is someone just to hand you money and not look in your eyes. In today's message, Pastor Daniel is going to follow the example of Jesus and turn our whole paradigm on its head. When we see someone in need, we ask a whole lot of other questions, but rarely, if ever, do we put ourselves in their position before deciding what to do. How do you decide whether or not to help people? How do you decide how you're going to help? Jesus told us to love others in the same way that we want to be loved. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Galatians chapter 2 as he begins his message, Live Inward by Loving Yourself. The devil is in the details. Anyone hear that phrase before? Man, sometimes situations go on that if you don't make sure you parse out all the little pieces of it, you can get yourself in an awful lot of trouble. Now, I know that some of you right now are hoping I tell you one of those stories, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but I ha- you can imagine in my life the amount of stories I have where I got an issue wrong. There was a one detail, you miss it, everything doesn't work so good. But the reason I say this is because of this. Is because the world that we live in today, every single moment of every single day, screams out through media, through the world that we live in, that you need to learn how to love yourself. Amen. That's what the world, it screams out. This world is about you loving yourself. And what's amazing is that in your Bible, God actually says the exact same thing. That you need to love yourself. But what the world means and what the Bible means are two absolutely radically different things. Which is why the devil's in the details. I've always told you that if you take a text out of its context, what do you have left? A con. You guys like that, right? Context. You take the text out of its context. You take text out, you have con left. And that's an important reality because today we're going to be talking about inward, right? We're doing this series called Upward, Inward, and Outward. And literally all week, I've been really kind of beside myself nervous because I realized that if all we do is talk about inward and we take it out of the context of upward, inward, and outward, guess what? We have the biggest calamity ever. We have, this is exactly what's going on in the world in which we live today and why things don't seem to work the way it's supposed to. Because in our day and age, everybody gets, you need to love yourself, but they've divorced inward from upward and outward. And now all of a sudden the world is fracturing in a million different pieces. So I want to unpack this. Now, this is what I'm going to tell you. We live inward by loving ourselves, right? So the upward, inward, and outward, we live inward by loving ourselves, Now, there's a couple of things that I need to get worked out right away. And here's the thing. First, everybody already loves themselves. You realize that, right? 
You might say, well, I really don't like myself, but really, there's never been a person who doesn't love themselves. The problem for most of us is that our self-love is self-centered, selfish, and oftentimes destructive, not only for us, but for other people. Everybody implicitly loves themselves. Now, I'll unpack this as we go. I know for some of you are like, absolutely. Others are like, I don't know if I buy that. But if you think about it, like, think about somebody who just doesn't treat anybody right. Like, they're just mean to everybody, right? They get something out of that. Like, they're actually getting what they want by the way that they're interacting. I'd go so far to say that somebody who maybe is addicted to drugs or alcohol, that's an act of destructive self-love. You do that because you want to give yourself that. You want to feel that way. You believe that that's the way that I'll feel better is if I do those things. And so you do those things. And even though it's destructive to you, you still keep doing it. Really, for any sin or attempt at living outside of life with Christ, some sort of a pseudo savior that we put in place, all of those are acts of self-love. But the only problem is is that those acts of self-love are destructive, right? And so we are all living inward and we live inward by learning how to love ourselves. Now, to take the text that we're working on here in Matthew chapter 22, specifically in verse 39, Jesus says, and the second commandment is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, right? And that's a quote of Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. So when they asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus gave them two, right? He gave them, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, which is living upward. And then the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, quoting Leviticus 19.18. This is the great commandment. Now, someone's bound to say, well, I asked them for one commandment. He gave them two. I like to say that the greatest commandment, it's one commandment, but it's like burgers and fries, right? It's one plate, but it's got burgers and fries, right? So when they asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He said, you got to live upward. You love God with all that you are, and then you love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if you've been in church before, people have, you've heard pastors say, well, you should love God and you should love others. And oftentimes within church, they neglect as yourself. And by implication, you just take the grammar and it's literally, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. So the implication is that you already love yourself. Now, what's also fascinating and really the way I can prove that people automatically love themselves is how many of you ever heard of the golden rule? The golden rule It's a classic verse. It says, and this is Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, what? Do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So it's saying you should treat others as you want to be treated. And so implicit in that is that the way that we want to be treated is what we were considered to be. This is the right way to treat somebody. Because nobody says, I want everyone to treat me lousy. Does that make sense? So when you see somebody, rather than saying, how am I going to treat them? You say, how would I want to be treated if I was in their situation? And then proactively treat them that way. See, Jesus realizes that deep down in each one of our hearts, we know how we want to be loved. We know how we want to be treated. It's like the next time you see somebody who's begging for money. This is a big thing in our day and age. In one of the wealthiest societies in history, there are still all sorts of people who are either their life has brought them there or they're making decisions where they're sitting there asking for money. Now, what happens for most of us is we run that through a certain set of questions in our mind. And depending how we answer these questions, mostly politically, some people say, well, 
that person put themselves there and so I shouldn't help them, right? Or someone says, I should help everybody. And then you have both extremes and then you have different grades in the middle. But here's my question. If you were that person, how would you want someone to treat you? It changes the entire question now. It's not, should I help them or not? It's, if I was in their situation, how would I want to be treated? And ask yourself, if you were in a situation where you felt that you needed to hold a sign and ask people for charity, what would you want someone to do for you? Have you ever asked that question to yourself? I think by and large, what you wouldn't want is someone just to hand you money and not look in your eyes. I think maybe what you might really want is to say, hey, So what happened in your life to bring you here right now? But for most of us, that situation is just about, do I give money or do I not give money? Do I judge that person and consider them bad? Or do I say to myself, I wonder what happened? See, this is what I love so much about Jesus. Because Jesus is not content to just be a patsy in American politics. I mean, Jesus said this stuff long before American was even a nation before there was even political issues in America, right? Because Jesus is at something greater, which is us becoming a true humanity, the humanity that existed before the fall. And so by saying, I want you to do to other people the way you'd want them to do unto you. Now he's saying, I want you to treat somebody the way you'd want to be treated. I want you to love people the way you'd want to be loved, which automatically implies that all of us All of us know how people should treat us. Isn't that why you get upset when someone doesn't treat you the right way? Because there's something deep within the core of who you are that says, that's not the way I'm supposed to be treated. Now, what goes on over time is that we get so jaded of treating others the way that we want to be treated, only to have people respond to us by treating us wrong, that at some point we say, you know, forget this thing. And then all of a sudden, any ability that the people of God have to be salt and light goes out the window. Because now we've just become part of this downward cycle of ethics that leads to more hurt. And I think there's some of you who are there right now where you know that you should treat somebody differently than you do. But you're like, man, I've been treating them different. They're never going to change, so forget it. I got to look out for number one. Which, my friends, that is loving yourself the way the world teaches. So I want to unpack this. That you and I, you're living inward by loving yourself. Now, what's important is that you need to realize that everybody is living upward, inward, and outward, even if they don't realize it. Everybody has beliefs about God, or no God, or maybe there's a God, or the universe, or this or that. They have a million names, right? So everyone is living upward. And because everyone's living upward, everyone has a relationship with themselves, the way that you feel about life, and the way that you treat yourself, and the expectations you have from life, and the things that you think you deserve. And we all have these things. And then all of us, because we live in this world, are actually also living outward, where we live out and we impact other people. So this is happening in every single human being's life as long as humans have been here. But Jesus is saying, I don't just want you to live upward, inward, and outward. There's specific ways that I want you to do that. Now, here's the key. You need to avoid the pitfall. All right? I'm going to explain to you what the pitfall is and why we need to avoid it. Remember I told you that the world says love yourself, and then God says you need to love yourself, and there's a world of difference between... I told you the devil's in the details. Let me give you the details. You need to avoid the pitfall that separates 
the world's approach to this from the God of the Bible's approach from this. And we get it from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. This is what it says. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people, turn away. Now, that's kind of a nasty list, isn't it? You can see why in the last days, there's going to be perilous times. Why? It all begins for men. And you realize that in the Bible, this was written long before people were concerned about gender-neutral language. So this was written thousands of years ago, long before like people were like, well, so people used to say mankind, now we say humankind. Back in the biblical days, they say men, which means men and women. Okay, so just as long as it's not like, well, the women are off the hook, the dudes are all bad, you know what I mean? Like, so we got to stop that. But it wasn't written today. So when you see men, it means people will be first, will be lovers of themselves. Now, the reason within church you don't hear a lot about loving yourself, it's always loving God and loving others is because of this verse. Because people say, oh, in the last days, people are going to be lovers of themselves, so obviously loving yourself is bad. No, no. The reason loving yourself is bad in this list is because it's divorced from living upward, right? If all you do is love yourself without loving God, then everything else on that list comes into play. So what you have to realize is that what God is looking at is we live upward first and that upward living, loving God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind, that sets the pace for this. But because God loves us and we return that love to God, then because God loves us, then we begin to love ourselves in a very biblically healthy way. But if you begin to love yourself without loving God, look at what else happens. You love yourself, right? You love money, which we know it's the root of evil. You become a boaster and proud. Why? Because you love yourself. You're amazing. You become a blasphemer. Why? Because now you've elevated yourself rather than living upward, inward, and outward. You're just living inward and you're just like, yeah, man, who needs God? I mean, I'm God. Everyone should worship me. Now, we don't use those words because that would be religious words. And if you're against God, you're not going to use religious words. But your life tells a story that it's all about you and everybody exists to bring you pleasure and bring you glory. Right? Of course, you're going to be disobedient to your parents. Why? Because, I mean, they ain't God. You're God. You're unthankful. Why? Because everything you have is coming to you, so you can't enjoy it. You're unloving. Why? Because you become devoid of the ability to be able to love other people because everybody exists to feed your needs because you are God. You're unforgiving. Because, you see, what this is, is right as you fall into the pit of living inward without living upward, all of a sudden, everything now revolves around you. And my friends, can we be honest that this is the default human condition of the day and age we live? Like, this is where we're living. Because the world says, live inward, love yourself without loving God. Now, I've been a pastor long enough within the church to realize that this goes on as much inside the church as outside the church. And I see it as much in my own heart 
as I see it in everyone else's heart. Because the problem is when you live in a culture, because you swim in it every single day, you can't help but import aspects of it into the way you view yourself. And so we have to be careful to make sure that we are living upward first. And because we are living and loving upward, then we begin to live inward so that we have the ability to live outward. You know, it's amazing. I I see this stuff. It's really clear when you look at it in the lives of your children. Because, you know, as you get older, you get better at figuring out how to package all this stuff in a way that isn't completely off-putting if you even start thinking about, like, how does this look for other people? We do live in a day and age where some people are just, they couldn't even care what anyone else thinks. They didn't even realize that it's off-putting. But I look at my little ones and I see how easy it is to become self-centered. You know, like my little Annabelle, I love her so much. I'll tell you a funny story. Just so you know what it's kind of like when you're raising a -a three-and-a-half-year-old. So Lynn and Annabelle and Obadiah and Maranatha were in the car, and all of a sudden Maranatha sees a sign. And so how many guys know the tagline for Dick Hanna's car dealership? It says, Dick says what? Yes. So Maranatha reads this sign. Dick says yes. And Annabelle goes, Dick says no. (laughs) Just like, not even, not even thinking about it. Just Dick says, Dick says no. You know, that's what it's like with Annabelle. You know what I mean? But what's so funny is, is, and it always makes me laugh, it happened just this morning, right? So sure enough, I've told you, my kids are not allowed out of the room until 7 o'clock, right? So sure enough, Annabelle's her own alarm clock. 7 o'clock, she starts banging on the door. It's 7 o'clock. So even if if you're not awake, you know when it's 7 o'clock. It's like our own little rooster. Little cute, little face with a big attitude, you know? And so sure enough, I said, okay, Annabelle, I'm coming upstairs. Make your bed. I don't want you. I want mommy. That's what she says. And then I said, well, mommy's not here right now. Well, I want Maranatha. Now, you realize all Annabelle cares about in that moment is what? What she wants. I said, well, listen, you're stuck with me. To which she flung herself on the floor and covered herself up in the blanket, you know. And you see that and you're like, wow. You guys are thinking, the Fuscos need to learn how to parent, you know. And don't think I haven't thought that myself, believe me. You know what I mean? But it's like you see and you're like, wow, this is such an example of her just wanting what she wants, right? And she's three and a half, so you, like, you figure like they grow out of that, Lord willing. It's funny, like, well, our first pediatrician with Obadiah, we'd go, you know, and when you're a first-time parent, obviously, you're freaked out about everything. By the time you're three times in, you're like, oh, they're going to be fine, you know? But in the beginning, I, I remember we'd go to our pediatrician, we'd ask her all these questions, and our pediatrician would say, so what are you worried about? Well, we're about this and this and this. Like, well, do you ever see a teenager doing that? And we're like, no, we're like, they'll grow out of it. It's just great advice, you know what I mean? Like, they'll grow, and we were like, oh, that's good advice. So like right now, I realize that Annabelle's going to grow out of this stage. And if not, I'm going to give her to you, you know? So, but I know she's good. But it was like, it was so classic because it's like in that moment, all she wants is what she wants, right? But let's be honest. How many of us have those same exact moments? Yeah, right? How often? It's my least favorite, favorite thing that I see happen. Like when you go into a coffee shop and someone's like getting mad at the barista for not making their drink right. 
and they're getting all worked up. But I always lean over and be like, you know, if you really wanted your coffee your way, you could have made it at home. Because I'm from New Jersey, and you do, and like, I gotta stand up for the poor barista. They're just trying to make their coffee, get their health insurance. You know, like, that's what they're trying to do. As someone's in there, like, I asked for 147 degrees, but you made it 144 degrees. And you're like, if you want your coffee perfect, then make it at home. You know what I mean? But listen, you know, some of you are just like that. It's not just the people at the coffee shop. We have to be careful. See, because what is this? When you live upward by loving God and you return to God his love, and then, and then you begin to live inward, God's like, hey, guess what? The reason that I sent Jesus and you believe in him is because you need help. That left up to your own devices, you're going to be selfish. And when you are being selfish, you don't care who you hurt. You don't care how angry you get because in your selfishness, you feel justified. You feel like, I am allowed to be like this. And my friends, that's the problem. That's the problem with the day and age in which we live. People feel justified to be selfish. Why? Because they're only living inward without living upward. And that's why this is, these three movements, upward, inward, and outward, is so important. That's why I feel like I got to write this book. Because Jesus, when he said, how should we live? He didn't say, just love yourself. He says, no, love God, and then love your neighbor as you love yourself. So without the upward, we get in trouble. So if the upward is so important, and we know that the pitfall is when we love ourselves without loving God, what's the key? And this is what it is. The cross teaches us the way inward. The cross does. The cross of Jesus Christ is the single most important reality as it relates to you loving yourself. Why? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who would ever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. What that means, my friends, is that God's way of loving you is through his giving of his only begotten son, which speaks of Jesus's perfectly lived life, his death on the cross and his subsequent resurrection. Jesus teaches us how God loves us and how we ought to love ourselves. So it's impossible. I'm gonna say that again. It is impossible for you to have any sort of healthy self-love apart from the person and work of Jesus. It's impossible. And that is why the cross and the empty tomb is not the ABCs of Christianity, the introduction to it, it's the A to Z of Christianity. That you and I spend our entire lives dwelling at the foot of the cross, beholding the love of God and what it means for us that God would send his son to die on a cross for our sins. Jesus is Every moment the world screams out at you to love yourself. They're not wrong. Self-love is important. But when it comes to life in the kingdom, self-love looks very different. Everyone already loves themselves. But it's with a self-centered and destructive kind of love. Pastor Daniel showed us today that God's love for us shown in the cross of Christ changes us. You can only truly love self when you see God's love. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel, and I want to be honest with you for a moment. Life is messy, 
And the hard reality is, if it isn't messy for you now, it will be, and it probably has been in the past. Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, but only through the power of Jesus. That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus, no matter the circumstances. You can find out more about it and get your own copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will remind us that it's impossible to have healthy self-love when you take it out of the context of the cross. Spend your life at the foot of the cross, beholding what it means to be truly loved. Then you will see how you are to love yourself, by extension others. Pastor Daniel will lead us in asking God, teach me to love myself through the lens of the cross. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series called Upward, Inward, Outward. Until then, may God bless.